What's up party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as 5, 6, 7, 8. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. The Ins and Out Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, I speak to professional dancer and choreographer CJ Salvador. CJ is originally from Chicago and now lives in LA. We did this podcast over Instagram Live, as I've been doing of recently, and it was great. I had such a good time chatting with CJ, obviously because of it's via Instagram, the audio quality isn't great, but we do have a fantastic conversation. He tells us about how he started dancing, he tells us about his move from Chicago to LA, and he talks about some of the pressures of being, I guess, popular and kind of insta-famous on social media as a dancer. I also ask him about some pinnacle moments in his career, and then we answer some questions. Uh, I had a great time catching up with CJ. Um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and stay safe and stay happy. Here is CJ Salvador. What's up, bro? Uh, you know, um, you know, just enjoying this fine Saturday evening. I know it's late by you, brother. I appreciate you staying up, bro. No doubt. Chin chin. I'm already like three gins in. So, cheers, hey, <laughs> hey, what you got? Beer too. Very nice. You know. That's straight gin? That's yeah, what? Bro. Straight gin? Oh, wow. Not straight. Hell no, not straight. With the lemon. Can you imagine that deep? Hey, man. I know these are sad times, bro, but damn. <laughs> bro, so how are, you, how are you surviving? How's life? How's things? Dude, it's, life, is, life is great, man. Life, life is really, really good. Uh, I'm an only child, man, so this is, this is nothing new to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've been I've been in this uh, predicament or like I grew up in, in this kind of environment, you know. Uh huh. How have you been, man? You been good, bro? I'm not gonna lie, like I don't know what the state's like over there, but we'll catch yeah. up with that in a sec. But here, everyone I speak to is like I'm bored, and I'm like I'm enjoying the rest. Ah, uh, yeah, that's good. I'm yeah. enjoying not having to travel every day. Or yeah, yeah, man, know? it's great. It's like a moment of like just kind of solitude and just like rest, you know. Yo, dude, I'm literally embracing it. I'm dancing more than I normally do, which is weird. Dude, sit for like myself, which is great, you know? Yeah. And it's in a different setting. It's not like in a class environment or on a job or it's like for myself. Yeah. And it's kind of how dance began for me. Yeah, definitely. You know definitely. what I mean? Like, so it's yes. kind of nice. Yeah, man, it's good. Um, 
Yeah, because well, how long you you guys have been on uh, lockdown a little bit longer than we have, right? When did it's, it start? I think we're a month in, three weeks or a month. Oh, okay. So we're all kind of, I guess, at the same time. Mm -hmm. Got you. Right. But I, think I mean, if it lasts three more months, I might not be so happy. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. you. Yeah. When the bills start to come in again, you're like, oh. Yeah, dude. It's it's been um it's been really interesting, and it's uh it forces you to cr use your creativity in another way than what it's for me personally. Like I'm forced to be creative, even just with like financial stuff, because I was just so focused on pushing all my energy and creating just like you know eight eight counts of a combo, you know, mm -hmm. which you know in the grand scheme of things. You know, which I still love doing, you know, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, it, it's forced me to be creative more in like a bigger picture kind of realm, you know? Yeah. Well, how are you going to say you're creating an 8 combo? How are you going to sell that? How are you going to get people to still learn it without being given feedback? And, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, so it's, um, you know, it's just I'm trying to expand. Yeah. Like on other platforms, like. Um, at least for, for like the first week, you know, it was still, I was still kind of in the, my denial period, uh -huh. you know, so there was a, you know, it was just a lot more beers and a lot more just not taking things quite as seriously. But, but week two was like, you know, I forced myself to just, I had like a solid two weeks of just water so I can just kind of get my mental straight. And um, I really just went pen to paper and I took things to like, what, what have I always wanted to do? but I've always made the excuse that I haven't had enough time, mm -hmm. you know? So I wrote all those things down and then I just started attacking those. Like um, one of the things I've always wanted to do was create my own meditation, right? Um, Cause I've, I've been a avid meditator for the past 10 years since I've, I've moved out to California and it's really changed my life, you know, in all aspects. So I finally got that done. And um, I'll have to, you gotta send me your email cause I'll uh, send you it, I'm releasing it for free to the world on Monday. Yeah, so it's it's specifically for artists and creatives. Sick, you know, sick, sick. you know, cuz uh it's tough times, man. You got to if if this isn't right or this doesn't feel right, it's almost impossible to create. At least for me. For me, yeah, I well, have to be on a certain level of like a frequency on a vibe to want to put some, you know, create something into the real world, you know. I guess it's not even about just creating, it's about uh, surviving, it's about being productive, being positive. If your brain isn't right, your body's not going to be right. Oh, yeah. It's easy to be like, man, fuck, you know, you just give up. It's like, oh, today's not the day, I'll do it tomorrow, you know. So um, it was really, it was really hard. I had to, when I knew, so I was on a, I was on a job and, you know, we were already like six weeks into rehearsal. And, you know, I started hearing about the virus and, you know, I called it from the beginning. I said, this job isn't going to happen. I knew it. I felt it. I knew it. But six weeks, full show, fully done. You know, then we get a message like, hey, take the weekend off. Okay. Hey, take, take next week off. We're going to see what happens. And then after that week, we got the email of like everything's just kind of canceled, you know, until next year, further notice. And what's even nuts is the show that we just finished. I don't think it's even going to ever be seen by the world because, you know, this artist uh, is supposed to be coming out with another album by the oh. time. Yeah. So, so it was just like a real, like, 
a shock, you know, and but what what that really taught me, which I've always known is, bro, you can't ever rely on this industry. You yep. cannot ever rely on this industry, man. Yep. I, I thought like, you know, I, I trained my brain to never get excited until that first um, direct deposit hits my account. Uh -huh. Now you, you still can't even get excited no. anymore because, you know, these all these outside influences are like anything can happen, you know, and shake yep. up the world. You know, I, I, was, so. I was in the same position. I was in my, I was just about to go into tech week for, for our new tour. Mm -hmm. And it was like, cool, we're pressing pause. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And they're like, it's going to be around three weeks. That's what they told us. And I was yeah. like, three weeks. That's not, that's not the truth. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I was like, say, say September. I was like, we're going to need to backtrack three weeks. Like we're going to have to yeah. start again. You know what I mean? It's going to be so crazy. Dude, crazy. Yeah. But man. I was so listening to um, Joe Rogan's podcast this morning mm -hmm. and he was saying on his, obviously, because they do stand up comedy and they have an audience, they're thinking not till like maybe next year. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I've really focused on like letting go of any expectations because every time I have expectations, I, I just end up being disappointed. So, you know, it's kind of like I'm preparing you know, just as much and just kind of trying to grow from this perspective, because I know whether, you know, it's, net, you know, three months from now, six months, a year, two years from now, I'm going to come out with a new set of skills that's going to be able to like expand my brand, you know, in a mm -hmm. different way, or, you know, just kind of go through a different light, you know, so yeah. I have to just kind of let go of that end date, you know, in, in the States, the end date is really, really huge. I don't know how it is in Europe, but like, you know, it went from April by Easter quarantine was going to be done. Good luck by April 30th quarantine is going to be done. Now they push it to May 15th. And now some states in the United States are saying that it's indefinitely in which I'm like, that makes more sense than putting a, a like a birth date on this kind of situation, you know, so yeah. I'm just kind of I'm just like settling into that just like, hey, you know, so then it just kind of makes me look around engage with like what else can I produce? What else can I make? while still in this kind stuck in this kind of environment like how can i prosper because if we figure out how to prosper in these situations when the world starts spinning again then we're gonna we're gonna have just like another layer you know what i'm saying like 100 percent. if you can thrive now thriving in normality is gonna be easy 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 if you've done your meditation yeah. thing already that's already one tick yeah yeah definitely definitely you know I mean? yeah I, i'm really trying to find ways to make time for the things that I never like made time for the same kind of thing. And it's always been my passion to learn to tap dance. Um, oh, and for someone who's got really good rhythm, I'm so whack, bro. Like it's hard, man. It's not so today, today. I picked a pair of tap shoes and a, a piece of plywood. Then I was like, cool, I'm going to do an hour a day learning to tap dance. And I'm going to leave this with a new skill to my pocket. I'm sure I'm never going to need it, but just for my own satisfaction, when I leave, I've gone, I've done something productive that I've always had an excuse for not doing. Yeah, yeah I feel you, bro. Yeah, I, I live by like, if you ain't growing, you dying. So it's like, you know, whether it's a skill, like even if you were like, yo, CJ, I picked up the guitar, you know, I'll be like, yeah, fuck it, fuck it, do it. Man. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many like amazing things in the world that are like there for us to learn, you uh -huh. know? And, and I think we just, especially as like dancers, especially as like males, we just get one thing, we get really good at that one thing. And we're just kind of like, 
fuck everything else. You know, it's yeah. just kind of like, but it's great. They learn to tap dance. That's what I started out doing, man. Well, that's I what I know. Well, I, I was doing, I, I just typed in earlier. I was like, okay, CJ. I was like, I know, I know a bit about you. I was like, but let me see if there's like a backstory. And then I found on your old blog page saying like, CJ started dancing at like age 11 at a tap company. And I was like, yeah. yo. <laughs> yeah, man. You got to do some Zoom privates. Man. I, I, dude, I don't even know where my tap shoes are though, man. So I got to figure those things, find those, dust off those things. So, if I so is, what made you start tapping? Like, especially at a young age, what was the appeal to that? Because it's not like it was the cool thing to do. Dude, well, well my, uh, my grandmother was really like, because my parents worked all day, every day. So my grandmother as a kid was just the one taking me to school, picking me up from school, mm -hmm. you know, and, and during baseball and basketball season, there was like this period of time where I didn't do anything. And um, she would just make me all, watch all these movies of like Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly, you know, and I thought they were really, really cool. So she pretty much was just like, yeah, so you're going to do tap. And I was like, ah, that's so whack. But then <laughs> I did it and it, it ended up being like a lot of fun. You know, and then um, and then I was just like the only boy, you know, and then we went to the studio where the, the tap program was super, super strong, you know, mm -hmm. and like I was the only boy. And I think at that by then I was like 12, 13. I was like, you know, this ain't too bad. You yeah, know, room for the girls. I was like, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it took me like a year to realize I was like, I felt like the loneliest boy. And then I was like, wait, no, I'm not. I'm kind of yeah. like right now, you know, so. But my mentors, my tap mentors, especially being from Chicago, Chicago is a huge, huge tap culture. Mm -hmm. Like, so I had, I was around some of the best like hoofers in like the world at the time, you know, where they would battle and everything. So, you know, that was something that I was just really, really, really into and invested a lot of time in. Mm -hmm. And then I just didn't know what I was going to do with it. You know, I was just like a teenager. You're just like, yeah, we, I tap. But then like the only the only form of like real like income, you know, is just kind of like becoming a tap teacher, you know? Yeah, for sure. At that, time, at that time. Yeah. Well, even now, I guess, unless you land in like a jazz company, it's so yeah, hard it's, to make it. Yeah. It's very like, you know, very old school gig, like, you know, kind of like at a piano bar kind mm -hmm. of situation, you know, so, yeah. Uh, so when you started tapping, you were like, what, 11? Yeah, 11. Yeah. So when was it that you first started like venturing out and doing other things? When was it that you knew that wanted a, you wanted to be more than just a tap dancer because your grandma said, <laughs> you know, what's crazy was I was in this, like, I mean, it was professional. We got paid, you know, I uh, called tap kids when I was 15. Right. Oh, wow. No, I think I, I 13, fuck, you know, that the age is like, <laughs> meshed, right. I was a baby and there was it was an off-broadway show and one of the original members was this kid named tony testa you know tony testa come on bro so i think i was like i must have been like 13 because he was 16 i think he's like three or four years older than me and i remember like yo tony is about to choreograph for janet jackson and i was like what oh no he was on tour with aaron carter and i was like oh. and then they were like kind of grooming me to like be his character in the show and then they were like oh but tony's gonna come back and that's when tony sent uh choreography to janet jackson and that kid was just gone gone being like oh my god like i didn't even know that was even possible or like even a thing right uh -huh. so then like fast forwarding a couple of years you know I, I he was doing a monsters of hip-hop and i was like 
16 or 17 and um i went and because tony was at there and he like nominated me for the show even though i was like fully trash you know i was just like <laughs> there and that's when I, I meet this kid and he's just like hey you're pretty good i'm like oh thank you i'm like what's your name i was like cj i was like what's your name he's like ian ian eastwood i was like oh okay like I was like, oh, man, nice to meet you. And then me and him just hit it off and we became like best friends. And he just he showed me videos of like Marty Kadelka, Misha, like all these people and like my heroes <laughs> just like exploding. I'm like, they're amazing. Like Tucker Barkley, this one, like Nick DeMora was like, yeah. was just like, oh, my God. Like, I couldn't believe that, you know. And then um, I remember watching Tony do this show called Dance on Sunset. Do you remember that? Dance oh, on Sunset. I've not seen that. Nickelodeon or Disney? Johnny Erasmi and like Heffa were on that show. Oh, hit us, so, boy, hit us. Yeah, hit us. So it was just like, that's when I was like, really like, wow, I really wanna, really wanna do this. And then like Nick Bass, I remember came to Chicago Dan, and I took his class. You Dan Scott, bro, Dan Scott. Yeah, yeah Dan, oh, still to this day, man. Dan Scott. And, uh, Don't know where he is. Don't know what he's doing, but Dan No, <laughs> He's in, he's in uh, Tennessee somewhere, just uh, in a, just being uh, drinking a whiskey and dancing two steps for people. Exactly, listen to country music. Exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much how I got into it. That that whole like exposed to that whole realm, and and at the same time, Ian was only fourteen at the time, so he was just like teaching me his little choreography. His like I don't want to say little, but his core anything he would make up, he would just teach me. You know, so I was just like. We were just in his basement. He would teach me something and I'd be like, all right, let's play N64, you know? So then mm -hmm. I was like slowly being exposed to like that whole side of the world, you know? Was this before he kind of exploded? Yeah, so I, it was right before and then I was there like at the beginning and then during like the entire like Ian Eastwood like reign. So it was crazy. Yeah. I remember he was like, yeah, 15 and he was like, yo, I'm going to Italy to teach. I'm like, that's crazy like i didn't even think that could be a career but that's when that style of career was just kind of starting to be a thing they kind of the kind of uh he was kind of one of the first youtube artists youtube artists yeah like you know i mean like he was yeah like, it, it wasn't it wasn't about making a career dancing for janet which before youtube was the goal that was the goal yeah the goal that was, was that he kind of he kind of invented that like you can make money from making youtube combos and then going across the world teaching them yeah yeah he broke the mold for sure fully broke yeah. the mold and then he had i i just remember everyone within six months wearing skinny jeans and bands oh yeah yeah <laughs> definitely yeah yeah for sure it was just crazy because like yeah nick it was like the nick demora age and then like ian like kind of like absorbed everything from nick and then it was like mm -hmm. Tucker, and then Ian absorbed everything from Tucker, and then it was just like he became this like monster, and was yeah. just who he is. Ian Eastwood, you know. So what what was the move from Chicago to LA for you? Can you make a career in Chicago? Uh no, man, definitely, definitely not. You know, it's uh, there is a com dance community there. It's a great community. I mean, like you it's can a great a company. What's up? It's got a great hip hop culture. That's why you know yeah. what I mean, like. Yeah, and you can, you know, do the whole company thing, but like commercial wise, it's just not the vibe. And the move really came from me going to college for a year and absolutely hating my life. But I was teaching and choreographing a lot of tap mm -hmm. routines. I was sending a lot of company 
competition. So I was just saving this money and I was like, well, I guess I can just buy a car with it, you know? And then my dad, he took me to lunch and he just saw like, I was just going, going through it, you know? And, uh, and he was like, I think you should just go. He was like, just drop out after this semester and go. He's like, you have enough money to kind of just do something. So I said, okay, you know, and then that was, that's when I made the jump, man. And I guess when it comes from your dad, you're like, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, but my dad, he was the, I remember I didn't, you know, being 18 sucks, bro. You know this, you don't know who you are. The right. fact that they expect you to just go to school and like, just, you know, I'm a late bloomer, man. I, mm -hmm. I could not, I could not tell you what the fuck I wanted to do when I was 18. You know, I just started figuring things out like maybe last year, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just so unfair for like people to expect that, like, you know, oh, after high school, go to college, figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. Like that's, that's absolutely insane. But like my, my dad was like, you're going to go to school, you know, you're not going to go to LA, you know, and all that stuff. But I think when he saw him, saw me just kind of suffering through college. He was like, you know what, just go. What just were you do. studying in college? Economics and marketing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, was, it, was, it was accounting. Accounting 202 took me fucking all the way down. Well, I guess the marketing pays off kind of in our world. Yeah, but I didn't know. I, tell you, I didn't learn shit in college. Like, <laughs> shit, I was like, you know, I could have taught this class. You know, there's just, you know, <laughs> college is crazy. I don't know how, I'm sure. The education in Europe is a lot, in the UK is a lot better, but like in uh, a lot of a lot of places, and especially just the system in the states, man, it's just it's all about money. It's a big yeah. money titan, you know. Yeah, I only I, I went to dance college. I didn't go to real college, so oh, wow. my my experience of college wasn't like the normal college life. You know what I mean? Mine was like get into tights at nine a.m. like and hate your life for the next two hours. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I was like. I just want to be in like an, a, a commercial video. I don't want to be in tights, but yeah, that's the road here. You know what I'm saying? Oof. Damn, so I got you... nothing to speak about, man. <laughs> you were the ballet bar, bro. Wow. Bro, I was, I, I was thinking I could be like Henny Wormwood if I want to. No, I can't. Yeah, no, yeah, I feel you. I feel what you. was, um, so when you, how old were you when you went to LA? Uh, I just turned 20. Oh, so you're still a baby, bro. <laughs> Yeah. What was that like going to LA for the first time? Oh man, you know what? I think it's just the kind of, you know, you're there, you're bright eyed, you're bushy tailed, you know, you're just, I was just super excited. Um, I thought everyone had good intentions. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just crazy because, you know, you're just out in the real world, you know, it was my first time of like, you know, I don't have to wake up at a certain amount, a certain time, you know, but I was so... I have a very obsessive personality and I was so obsessed with just becoming the best dance version that I could possibly be. So I just lived at Millennium, Debbie's. I remember before, even before ML was even a thing, yeah. I would take Sean Neverito's class at Millennium, like religiously, you know, and it was just- That's way back. Yeah, and I would just like follow Misha around like a freaking, <laughs> just taking his class all the time and, um, you know, I was very, and what what I'm so grateful for was back then, because there was no Instagram yet. So I was broke. I had no money. I remember not having a single picture in my wall or like in any of the entire apartment. It was a four bedroom. It was huge, but it was in Little Mexico. You know, you already know about the that. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I would just get my clothes from the Goodwill 
And because there wasn't that constant pressure now of having to post on social media, how, you know, if you, if you want an image, right, portrayed of you, you know, I, I, would just, I was just wearing hand-me-down clothes and just dancing and training. And me, uh, Maniac, he was one of my roommates. You know, we were just broke, but dancing, but just so happy. Like, we were just, there was, like, no pressure, I felt like. You know, and, and I really feel for this next generation that's coming up, like my little cousin who's about to move out here soon. You know, he just turned 18. And, like, already, you know, they feel such a pressure to have their Instagram be, like, such an image, you know? Mm. And it's like, you know, I'm like, wow. I, you know, I couldn't imagine going through high school to, with this level of social media. You know what Bro, I'm saying? It's crazy. You guys have Facebook, right? Facebook and we had MySpace. Like. MySpace, yeah, that was it. Like, and and that was, but and you could only you could only access those on a computer. You uh -huh. couldn't access them on a phone, you know. So we had a really, really good separation from those worlds. But now, like with these next generations, it's so heavily intertwined, you know. I remember when I moved to LA and Instagram was just popping. And I'd see like someone had like six thousand followers, and I'd be like, "They're famous." Oh yeah, yeah. dude. I, or Twitter too. I remember someone had three thousand. I'm like, "Damn, they like, made it. they've made it. You're you're famous, bro." Famous, like, bro. yeah. And, was, and I'd get like eight likes, and I'd be like, "Yo, eight yeah, people I'm like fine. me." <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. But I remember going to my one of the first castings that I went to when I went in and did the casting and the first thing they said to me, they asked for my headshot and resume and this was in LA and then they said, how many followers do you have? And I had to write it on a piece of paper. And that was the first time that I was considered and I was like, huh? Like, uh, normally you just ask for my resume. Like, <laughs> like. That, that's insane, man. Because when, when did you move out? 2012? 13. 13. Beginning of 13, 13 February. Got you. Wow, man. And then I left the I left the end of fifteen, beginning of sixteen. Got you. Yeah, you got but, out of here. Like, peace. <laughs> I, I just remember that transition and being like, oh, so it's not about how I dance, man. No. Like, and I remember that change, and it 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 was a strange thing to understand. Yeah, man. And then it was it was like the. It was a strange thing. It was. And the thing, what I struggled with in LA was the whole like what clique are you in yeah you know what i mean like because i like dancing like marty and like misha and those those guys but so i they... didn't like but i didn't like playing poker and i didn't drink i like going to the gym and i remember i'll always remember Andre and misha being like yo you come into federal you can bring a protein shake and i was like oh you know what i mean and i'd be like ah oh, where do i fit in here like, making fun of me. <laughs> like I should, I, I should be with like Willie Gomez and like. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? But that's not what I like to do, and I really struggled to find that there. Yeah, man. It's uh, and it was very. I think a lot of things were very a lot tighter, like very very tighter. Now I think things have loosened up. Uh -huh. You know, I think people are more the the clicks are just more. There's obviously still friend groups, but people are more open and accepting, you know, to things, you know, because uh, we were just a bunch of kids, man. It was just like everyone just left high school to go to the real uh, the dance high school, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, it's um, yeah, I, I totally I totally feel feel what you're saying. You know, I just remember and I always remember like going in the studio and being like. Oh my god! I saw them guys on YouTube. Like it was never I saw them on Instagram. Like it was like oh, I saw that guy on YouTube. You know what I mean? And then I'd go, 
I would know people from their credits, not from their their YouTube video or, or I guess their Instagram. I'd be like, yo, that's Marty. He choreographed for Justin. Yo, that's Super Dave. He's choreographed for Omarion. And like, you yeah. know what I mean? That's how I gauged it. And it was a really strange thing going into like, and at the time, Marty's and Super Dave's classes were empty because it wasn't the popping thing. It wasn't, oh. it wasn't the current thing. And I was always like, so where's everyone? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? what's everyone doing? And it yeah, was the exactly. beginning of that era and it was strange for me yeah. all the people i looked up to i was like their classes aren't busy <laughs> it's like weird yeah, yeah it was it's, yeah but that was also when like millennium was dying i think right 2013 uh -huh. mm -hmm. that's when it was dying and it was like right before the whole like t millie trisha wildebeest i think mm -hmm. it, was that 2000 that might have been 2013 like but i remember that though that time where there was just a big big shift Mm -hmm. And it was before the millennium had the red wall, you know? Yeah. And I just remember Will's class being packed. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely 2013. And, and I, I used to teach big, uh, children's hip hop at the same time in the next studio. So the, remember the first time I rocked up, I was like, yo, all these people are here for my class, all these little kids. And I yeah. went in and I was like, nope. <laughs> no. no. They're, ten, uh, they're 10 and they're taking adults classes and roasting. <laughs> like, roasting. I know, dude. Like, yeah, kids are like, it's, it's insane, man. It's insane. So what was your first, like, introduction to the dance industry? Once you got to LA, like, did you just start working or was there a hustle? Oh, man, you know, it's it's so funny, dude. Like, the, the first four auditions I went to, I didn't even get to dance. They just looked at me and they said, thank you. And they sent my ass home, you know? And I was just like, holy shit, you know? Um, it, it, I was like this, I remember just calling my mom. I'm like, she'd be like, how'd it go? I was like, I, I didn't dance. You know, and I <laughs> fifth or sixth audition where I, I remember I danced and I got kept till the end. And I was like, this is mine all day. Didn't get the call, didn't book the job, you know? And I was like, wow, this, this shit's really, really tough. But then, What's crazy is one of the, the uh, it was probably like within three months of me living out there, I went to the Selena Gomez audition and they made us like freestyle one at a time and I brought my tap shoes and I, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna do something different. And I just like, and this is what I was really hoping to. And I just tapped and I just remember hi-hat, just she was like, yo, I remembered you because you were different from everybody else. You know, because the choreo was real simple. The choreo was really, really simple. So she was just looking for something different, you know. Yeah, and, some uh, some flavor. Something, yeah. So so then that's when, um, yeah, I remember I, I got the call for that job. And I was like, you know, for $1,400 a week, it was the, the most money I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> After taxes, like $75, you know. So you yeah, know, and, and I was going to say, and that's a low tour out there. You know what I mean? Like, that's a low budget oh, tour for the States. Yeah. Man. but me i was like oh dude i Bro. made what <laughs> yeah like, well at the time it's not even that is it? you're just like i'm gonna get paid to fucking dance what the yeah, hell crazy that was super, I, super i can pay rent yeah exactly exactly did you have a did you have a side hustle no um there was i was i was applying for jobs um but what i was really good at was living just completely minimally sick um, so, so it was, it, it, you know, I remember when I auditioned for the Selena Gomez thing, I didn't hear from it for months, but I, uh, landed, um, this Disney shake it up. I don't know if you've heard of this. Yeah, Disney. of course, so, bro. 
Disney Shake It Up. And so I was doing episodes of that. But yes, I would, my side hustle was I was still choreographing and setting competition tap routines all in California. Cause that was, that's good money there. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I was like, well, why not? So I was just driving all up and down California, you know, staying weekends at these studios and just giving all this choreography and then, you know, just coming, coming back. But living on that. Living on that. Yeah. Cause, oh my, dude, I remember doing my first job, which was for Disney to shake it up and I did it. And I was like, yo, thinking Rosero. I was like, bro, Rosero, thank you so much, man. This, this job saved my life. Like, I needed this money. He's like, oh, yeah. And I just thought they were going to pay you right then and there. <laughs> no, no. But I didn't see that check till like, while I was in rehearsals for, like, Selena Gomez, bro. Like, three or four months later, I was like, what the I'm fuck? Block, I'm blocked ring you and go, you got to come pick it up. You're like, huh? I'm like, I have to, I have to get it. You live on the, that's like the other side of the hill. You live on, you live on Wiltshire. Like, Wiltshire, like what? I have like a 30 minute window of time to get to before traffic gets like fucking oh, nuts. Okay. So yeah, it, that was, that was a really, really big wake up call. But the, the biggest was after Selena Gomez's tour, I thought I was complete hot shit. And then I think I went through like a six month drought, like of nothing. And, mm -hmm. and that really taught me a valuable lesson. But that's when I first experienced my own quarantine because I would just stay home because I literally had no money to do anything else. So I, that's when I started choreographing. I just started making routines up, making my, yeah. my routines, learn them. I'd be like, hey, let's make something up because I was just so bored and that's, I didn't have a video game console or yeah. anything. What year was that? That was um, 2012, 2012. Cause I, and when, I, when I was in LA, you hadn't started really teaching much yet. No. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, I was, I was so petrified. But like, um, I was just choreographing like every day and like trying to get better at it, you know, because my dad was always like, look, you always and, this, and he's completely right. You know, it's amazing. It's so good to advance in the dance industry, but you always have to have something else that you're, you're growing and nourishing, even though choreography is part of the dance industry. Like, I was just there just to be a dancer, not a choreographer, you know. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was like 2012 2013 i was gonna go check in for um someone's class and then jen just got off the phone and she was like Ugh. she was like oh, david just canceled and she looked at me she's like you teach right can, can you just cover for him and i was like <laughs> i was like uh i was like yeah and then i just went home and i like, freaked out walked in circles for like 45 minutes <laughs> and then i came up with uh this like combo to asap by eric bellinger and then i was like i remember just teaching and just like you could hear like the the tremble in my voice when i did yeah. teach. and i was like oh my god but then you know that i was i was just really proud of myself that i said yes because it yeah, usually it scares the shit out of me i'm like you know you automatically say no but it's a guardian angel uh with me that was just like like just hit me in the back of the head and i was like yeah yeah i teach right and yeah then was, and then that that's what really started me off was um she was like let me get david's approval and me and david still a homie all day mm -hmm. one um he was just like yo man if you're comfortable i'm gonna give her the go ahead and i was like yeah why, why not let's just let's just go so 
You're like, yeah, I, got, I got to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, with extreme times. And, and I think if I hadn't been in that situation of, like, a drought, per se, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, comfortability is a deadly thing, man. It's a deadly, yeah, deadly thing. Being comfortable is, is, is toxic, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I, I really cherish that, even though it was really, really rough for me, you know. Um, I really cherish that time of hurting, you know, yeah, it really yeah. humbles me and put things into perspective. And, um, and, and this is why I like just this moment right now, what happened to me on my last job. It, it, I think if I didn't even experience that fucking eight, nine years ago, um, I wouldn't be in such a, a peaceful centered place right now. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's dope that you're, you're able to, take yourself back to that past experience because you've moved so far ahead from that now like mm. if you think of cj then with like 200 followers <laughs> and like <laughs> like never taught a dance class and only just about did a one job like yeah and now and the fact that you can go remember where i came from that's that's such a dope thing no uh, thanks man well bro you, you you dug this out of me man it's I'm like going down memory lane. <laughs> no. Bro, it's dope. It's inspiring to hear because I think we get so caught up, especially now, like we were saying with social media, of how we need to be portrayed. And we yeah. see we see people like yourself and like, oh, we're looking like a Misha or we're looking like an Ian or a Johnny or a Nick. And we'll go, oh, we're seeing them at the top. Mm-hmm. And we that's what we, if we're on a level two, we're comparing ourselves to level 10. Mm-hmm. Whereas actually it's okay to be on a level two because they were once at a level two. Yeah, and I think for, pe- for people to be able to accept to understand that you've been through these things too and you've had a six month drought and you've been I didn't do anything because I had no money for people who are going into that or experiencing that that make maybe it gives them hope yeah which is great I, I think like the biggest lesson like it's the comparison it's it's a nasty it's a virus man it's a virus that you always got to take your vitamin c and your zinc so you can keep that virus at bay you know because once you let that get in your mind it's it's really really deadly um i think what like but again social media wasn't like that big so i was really able to just see where i was grasp where i was and how can i make where i am flourish so then i can reach to that next level a lot of the times we're just looking so in the future that we're not really realizing what we have around us you know to make to get to that future like i was so blessed i was surrounded by some of the best dancers in the world i had kylie bright ashley gonzalez maniac and sandy chaz buzon like these people were just flowing in and out of my apartment tony czar lived right downstairs so i was just like hey you guys want to dance taja riley upstairs you know i'm just like hey guys you want to dance anyone want to dance and we would just dance create just always constantly boy boy you know it was just constantly us just working, workshopping, and I was just trying to um, embrace and just like absorb everything, you know? What's really dope about that is that all the people that you mentioned, you're also different as well. Yeah, definitely, yeah. You know what so I mean? I, it's, not, it, it's not like you're, uh, who can I use for an example? Say, uh, Nick, Misha, and Kenny. Like, yeah, you know who are mean? just like, like kind of yeah, similar. Yeah, like, definitely. But you're all so different, I bet it's like, oh, I can do that today, and I can do this today, and it's gonna yeah. make you, grow this way as opposed to in one direction yeah that's why like even um there, there's which is great 
right now because there are no classes happening and i've uh, i forced myself not to choreograph for three weeks forced myself because mm-hmm. i i realized which is kind of fucked up was um delaney was like when was the last thing you choreographed and it was actually for the show that i was doing and i was like oh yeah it was the piece in the show she's like oh wow that was like a couple weeks ago and then i had like a twist in my stomach because I didn't realize I was so programmed. I fell into the Instagram trap of like, if I'm not constantly pushing something out, I'm going to, I feel behind or forgotten. Right. And that's like my stomach twisted and I had to just untwist it and say, it's okay. I have to refill my cup. And this is why like a lot of my last choreographies, I haven't been like personally, personally feeling is because I was just pushing, pushing, pushing just to push, you know, which Mm -hmm. is important, but you have to find the balance of like, really refilling your cup before you can just kind of just give, you know? Go on. But that's why like not no classes being available. Like I'm just kind of, uh, yeah. Justin Bieber just said, love you, CJ. Love you, brother. Yo, I danced for for Justin when he did baby in 2010 on X factor. That's legendary. So you don't remember me. And he, he, he jabbed me in the chest. (laughs) <laughs> that's for me. Yeah, that sounds. That sounds like. That sounds like. But I hope. I hope you're safe, brother. Hope you're. You're washing your hands. But. Uh, nice. But what's crazy is it's like with this quarantine, it's uh, allowing me just to find like creatives deeper within myself rather than like these outside influences. And a lot of like you said, when I was growing up dancing with the all these different people that, you know, I'm taking different parts of all those moments, you know, and just kind of creating something something new you know and I'm, I'm just really really thankful that i was surrounded by such such greatness you know and um yeah that's that's pretty much it like just know, know where you are grasp it accept it and then learn how you can make that flourish and grow and that's how you'll get to the steps and where you want to be mm-hmm. uh, i want to pick up on something you said you said that you found yourself maybe putting stuff out that you weren't so i guess you weren't happy with or you were like that's you were just pushing it out for Instagram because you felt like it's that's what it's got to be. Yeah. Why do you feel that way? Why do you feel like you need to push those things out for Instagram? Is it for the pressure of people being like constantly like they're expecting stuff? Do you feel like you need to live up to an expectation or is it just for your own brain? Uh, de- definitely a mix, man. Definitely a mix. You know, it's uh, as, as uh, even as being an adult, both of us being an adult and growing you know, missing those like really vulnerable years of having Instagram, you know, even just being a solidified adult, you still get trapped in it, man. You still see, I see my peers coming up with stuff. I have, I have this one buddy of mine, Deshaun, one one of the most talented cats out there. He's from New York. This guy makes like three combos a week and each one is so fire. And he, he teaches it that he makes it up that day, teaches it, gets it filmed, but kills it on the first take. Me, I make something up, I polish it the next day, I teach it, I dance with it like shit, you know, I, and then it takes me like, by the third time, I'm like, yes, I'm finally like comfortable with it, feel, getting this filmed and performing it to my best abilities, you know? So just like him and, and just this next generation, man, they're, they're so amazing. They're growing at such a exponential rate and they're just putting out content that is so high level and they can't even go vote or get a drink or <laughs> drive. Yeah. They're still on their parents, you know, health insurance. And you're just like, yeah. fuck. So that is definitely wired in my subconscious of like, 
oh CJ, you know, you're you're not you're not on your you're not on your shit. You're not hustling, you know. I but I, I always have that like hustler mentality of just constantly moving forward and constantly pushing. But art is different, man. It's it's a very sensitive it's more sensitive than just to be pushed, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you have to respect its its feminine qualities and, and you gotta cater to it and tender to it in a different way than just pushing it out of the, you know, just to, just for yourself, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. You know? and I guess, I guess that carries over into what you said earlier on too, where you were like, you can't rely on the dance industry just now. Cause you know, yeah. at the moment we don't have that. And you working on your craft and your creativity you know, that's still, you're still creating, you're still polishing another separate craft as opposed to you dancing for an artist or on a stage. You're polishing yeah. your creative mind, which is going to, you know, it, they grow separately. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. But yeah, so, What do you feel like, was, what was your like break into the dance industry? How did that come upon you? Oh, man. Um, so there, there was definitely two. One of them was after the, my six month drought, I was just in my room dancing all the time. And um, there was a big, big um, open call for uh, The Voice. It was before The Voice even was a show. Mm-hmm. And um, it was Hi-Hat, Jerry Slaughter, and Raj. Um, and they were they were just running, running shit at the time. They're, I mean, they still are, but those were some of the biggest three heads and it was an open call. and. I just remember being, you know, just you, you know how it feels. You have an excellent dance day and then you can have really shitty dance days. And that day I was just so focused and so honed in and and Jerry Slaughter, I'm so grateful for him, just really picked me up and he just kept me so busy for the next few months, you know, and I was just so, so grateful. And it gave me a lot of confidence. It gave me, you know, he had me dancing next to Christina Aguilera, um, doing all these big k-pop art it was the first time i'm in korea you know i'm still super young and, you know and you know have i would say 75 percent of the battle is all mental if you're feeling good if you're feeling confident about yourself then the dance and your performance just flows so i remember landing from korea it was like a 13 14 hour flight and then i get a phone call from my agent and they're like hey there's a justin bieber audition happening and i was like oh okay and they were like, well, you should go. And I was like, uh, I'm really tired, you know? And they're like, well, <laughs> I was like, well, who's choreographing it? They're like, Brian Friedman. And, you know, Brian Friedman was like one of my, he still is one of my biggest idols. He'll always yeah. be one of my icons. And I was like, damn, I've always wanted to dance in front of Brian Friedman, you know? And then I, I, I just, from the airport, I just went and um, Nick was choreographing and, um, it was a five and a half hour process. And I was just so, I was just so concerned on impressing Brian. It wasn't even about the job. I just wanted to impress Brian. So I would yeah. just hit this fifth gear that like, I was just flowing. And I remember after the five and a half hours were done, it was me and like, you know, eight other guys, I forgot. And, and Brian was like, congratulations. You will be doing Dancing Behind Justin Bieber on The Voice and, uh, the Billboard Awards. And I just remember like getting in my car and calling my mom and she's like, oh, that's so great. Who's just Justin Bieber? Is that, it's not Justin Timberlake, right? I was like, no, <laughs> he's uh, no, it's not him. Uh, yeah, but, um, and, and then that's when um, I think things really just started 
taken off, you know. Who's, who's Justin Bieber? Like, yeah, you know, you it's can't crazy, right? It's crazy. Right? I know, and, right? Uh, but now, if you think of that, um, yo, that's dope. And has it kind of been ever since then? Has it just been consistent work, or do you still ha- do you still have ups and downs? Yeah, it. You know what I was again? I was really, really cra- grateful for was while I was on the tour with with uh, with Justin that first one. They were. It was Sean Evaristo, Johnny Blaze, Nick Demora, and Jonathan Raban, and they were doing the Believe Tour workshops, right? And I wanted to be because I would. I was already falling in love with the art of choreographing, and I said, I remember talking to Sean Evaristo. I said, I want to be where you're at. How do I do this? And he goes, Come to each and every one of these workshops. So I would go to their workshops every city. I didn't miss one. I would meet the managers. I would meet the organizers. I would make friends with the organizers. Sean would introduce me. I would take their classes. It would be the hundredth time that I learned each one of their routines. So I looked like a star in these classes. <laughs> so they're like, wow, this CJ kid's real special. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've you know, just learned this, right? So, so and, and then at the same time, I was choreographing in my hotel room and then, you know, learning from one of the greatest to ever do it, Sean Evariso, he was just constantly giving me all these tips. And this is when my style really changed to like this whole subtlety style, this effortlessness was from Sean because Sean was just like, just constantly like pushing me to push, 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 push. And then um, it was after that tour where I started becoming more comfortable with the choreography teaching stuff. And that was such a blessing because when I wasn't working, I was able to start teaching i would be able to fill in that time with teaching and choreographing and then when i wasn't teaching choreographing then another job would come up you know so it was it was great to i established myself to kind of bounce back and forth you know yeah what's your goal for your for the future do you still want to keep dancing or do you want to just go down like a choreographer route because i feel like once you become a choreographer it's quite hard to stay established as a dancer as well yeah man you know what man my goal with dance is to find something else where I make so much money that I can just dance for fun. <laughs> me, I wanna, me too. I want to feel, feel like I was in uh, 2013 or 2011 when I was just so broke that I was dancing in my room. I just don't want that financial part again. I just want to be able to dance for fun. And this is what, honestly, this quarantine, man, I, I'm such on a strict routine because if I'm not on a routine, I don't know if it's because I'm a Capricorn or whatever. I'm not on a routine, I go crazy. So I wake up, I hit my meditation, and then I dance for an hour and a half just by myself. Mm-hmm. And that's my, my exercise, you know, and then I stretch, and then I go on with my day, you know, then my next priorities are. But just having that little, um, that little routine, it's made me really fall in love with dance, really, really fall in love. And then it made me realize how special of a relationship it is to have with dance, you know, and then it's, it's abused when you go into the industry, man, it's fully, yeah. fully abused, you know, and I understand when people are like, you know, this, you know, they come in the industry with high hopes, you know, bright eyes and bushy tails. And then they, you, the relationship with dance isn't as, as uh, pure and as blissful as it once was. And then it kind of taints it. And you're like, this isn't all it cracked up to be, even when you do your dream job, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's work. The word is, work you, you still know? gotta rehearse for eight hours you still yeah. gotta travel you still gotta put all these bits to it that is more than just doing the 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 dance presentation part of it 
Yeah, definitely, man. It's yeah, it's you, you people just see the glitz and glamour and they don't see all the blood, sweat and tears that go behind it, you know, and uh, it's and it's still constantly a fight just for dancers to get the, you know, a fair rate, a fair um fair payment, fair I mean that's the same thing as rate, but just fair fairly treated, you know, it's still mm -hmm. a fight. It's amazing to see dancers become dance stars like beyond you know the dance industry you got the the kk's uh you got you know the delaney's you know just like huge mm -hmm. names now that you know are just doing things far and beyond you know and um i know it's it's like it's so crazy because a lot of people ask me they're like you know what what are some advice you know what's something um that you know you could always tell me and i'm just like look just just focus on becoming the best version of yourself you know and mm -hmm. um also it's it's as hectic as this industry is right now, it's kind of a beautiful thing because people have created ways to make their own lane. You know, before when we were starting out, there was just like one lineal path. Now, you know, and I, and I blame Wildebeest mostly. He took that <laughs> hammer to that thing and now there's, everything is scattered, which you yeah, know, a, lot of, a lot of people were upset about. But now look at T. Millie. I met Tim Milgram when he was trying to be a choreographer Bro, he me was too. a choreographer. Me and too. then now he has his own empire and he's he you know, he's part of the reason why there still is a millennium today. You know, yeah. it's so crazy. Bro, I met him in twelve when he was trying to be a dancer. Like Yeah, man. I mean when I remember him doing a video, he filmed a video for Nika. She was doing like a routine sunny song. And I was like, Who's this guy with the camera? Like this geeky, like Jewish kind of guy. Yeah. And he was yeah. like Yo, I dance, but I've just started filming stuff too. And then within three years, you're like, yo, you've made your own lane. Yeah, <laughs> your own lane. And that's, you... what's so, that's what I'm saying. Like with this quarantine, guys, now is the time to make your own lane. Like, dude, I had no idea you were a pod you were doing podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah, man. That's I've been great. doing it for like two years. But last year, I, I was slacking because I just bought a place and it kind of took over my life yeah yeah <laughs> and then now this year i was like yo i'm embracing this and then what's dope is with the quarantine it's like i've never done skype ones before or instagram i prefer it in person but i was yeah. like okay everyone's doing nothing and everyone's yeah. accessible like <laughs> you know what i mean normally i'd be waiting for you to be in london and i'd be like can i come backstage and meet you for an hour like yeah, right, can, I meet exactly. your, can i meet you at your hotel Whereas now it's like, all right, let's embrace this. And as dancers, I feel like, or as humans, not even dancers, we can educate and stimulate ourselves mentally, not just physically. Because I feel yeah. like people get so carried away with going, I have to take class. I have to take all these classes to train. Yeah. But you're only training one form of your career and your craft. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. being able to train your mind and pick up knowledge and information, you know, you might just yeah. learn, you might just get inspiration and there's a way of learning and carrying that over into your hustle, which is going to save you. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. So like I said, you're going to add another layer. Bro, we're Not trying. everyone's going to do that. Not everyone's mm -hmm. going to do that. I know <laughs> a lot of people are at home sitting on their hands right now, just, just waiting, just waiting for something to happen. You can't wait. Wait, <laughs> wait for an agent to ring like, Man. yeah man yeah and it's like um yeah you just can't you can't do that man you know this industry bro nothing nothing's a for sure thing the only thing that's for sure is that you have yourself <laughs> that's yeah. it yes yeah, the only that's thing you're it. in control of man it's the only thing you're in control of yeah man for yeah, sure you've got you've got some questions here let's see what we got can you see these when i pop them up as well i think i mean they've just been kind of running up the screen yeah. here you go is there any difference between training in London or LA? Is there any difference? Uh, I mean, 
for me, I'm just going to say, I mean, I don't know if you would know that because I guess you've not really trained in London. But mm -hmm. after training in both, I would say, I just think you have a bigger variety in LA. The, yeah. For every 10 teachers in LA, there's probably one here. Got you. Yeah. That's, that's I, how I, I would that. say it. Yeah. Yeah. How is, how is the street styles? I mean, you guys have fire freestyle community though, right? Yo, our, our freestyle community is fresh because we get like, uh, like we've got Clara, who's French, who lives here. Mm. Like we've got Frankie J, who's like one of the dopest house dancers. Like, you know, Frankie. Yeah. Ginger oh, guy dreads. Yeah. Like, like our freestyle hip hop community, like, we got hitters. Like we've got Brooke who can roast anyone in almost any. Oh yeah, like, dude, I like, yeah, he's so dope. Yeah. Yeah. So the the foundational side of stuff here is dope, but I really feel like the the quality of like stage or commercial, as we would call it, choreographers out there, uh, is it is overpowers ours by quite a bit with the opportunity as well. Yeah, makes you sense. You know, there's not there's not many English choreographers over here which are like we're choreographing a will tour next week. Yeah, you know yeah, we I mean, get one we get one or two, whereas out there, it's every month there's an audition. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, dang man. So I'd say that's the difference. Gotcha. Uh, we've got CJ. Who were the dancers that inspired you when you started, and why? Oh, um, man, you know, you know, definitely Ian. Um, Ian Eastwood is a big inspiration still. Um, Nick Demora, dude. I remember just me, me and. Um, my buddies from high school would just watch him. He was just so different. Tucker Barkley. And then I and then I went through my whole like Misha and Tony Testa. Tony mm -hmm. Testa, like still to me, man, like just Unreal. so disparate different, innovative. Like I used to like love like the way he used his shoulders. I used to try to dance like Tony, just like super intense all the time. Um, but now dude, like even today, man, I just get so inspired by my friends, you know, just um you know, Johnny, uh, Delaney, like, I mean, she's my girlfriend, but like, mm. I'm, I'm just surrounded. I've made it a point to always be surrounded by such greatness, you know, that mm -hmm. I'm in constant, in constant fill of. Mm -hmm. You have good circles, man. You have nah, good circles. Yeah. Thank you, man. You know, even That's... like having Michael, Michael around me Bro, all the time. Mike, just he, like... he was my, he was my savior in LA. Like, yeah, if I'm it sure. wasn't for him, I wouldn't have survived. The three years i was there like hell no yeah he was dude. not 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 even dance wise mentally like yeah you know yeah I mean? sure um that's a good one someone's for cj what is the worst thing of being a dancer in la we're uh dancing on wet concrete that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's or rehearsing on concrete floors for eight hours that that shit sucks that sucks hard when you get that dodgy set that you got perform on oh man uh, Someone keeps saying, bro, I really like your tattoos. I'm assuming they're on about you because I don't know who it is. Um, how did you, that's a good one. How did you find out that you love Dan so much? It's such it, a hard question, but it's so yeah, simple. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, dance and like, I think for me personally, it's just like such a path of like self-discovery. Like if it wasn't for dance, I wouldn't have learned who I am as like a man, you know? It's like you got dance and martial arts and I think they're just such beautiful art forms, you know? Mm -hmm. And they go beyond just like cool moves or flashy tricks. It's like, it's like that real deep connection from like the metaphysical to the physical world, you know? And, and we have those times when like, 
especially when you freestyle where you know you're not it's not even you that's controlling your body it's like you're you're another force is just taking <laughs> over you know and and it's like that 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 moment of like euphoria is just something i don't care you know no other drug or yeah alcohol can even compare to you know and it's just like it, but it dances like it's like any relationship you're excited about it for the first couple months my, my bro this 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 is going to kick us off in 20 seconds so i'm gonna cancel it and start it back up okay yeah yeah all right think, bro. Bro. Wait, one yeah. second people sign back in all right we're back so, we're back instagram only likes an hour bro <laughs> yeah yeah i get it um yeah so you're saying that martial arts and dance they have that art quality which is so beautiful yeah man um and oh and i think i was saying like you know, it's a uh, dance, you know, that relationship with dance is like any relationship with, you know, with a girl or a guy, you know, you, you have to put effort into it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's easy for it to become boring. And like any relationship, you know, even with my girl, I still have to, you know, take her on dates, make her feel special because it's going to, the love is going to be returned, you know? So it's, it's the same thing with dance. It's like, that's why I wake up, I, I get my mind right. And, um, and um, I give dance my undivided attention for an hour to hour and a half, and then I mm -hmm. keep my day moving. And then sometimes it's it's more than an hour. I have an hour in the morning, and then another hour in the evening. You know, it's just mm -hmm. you have to just put that in that effort in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's actually kind of dope that you like. You know, not many people would say. You know, I even need to put that in with my girl. You know, because it's it is. It's like building a relationship. You don't just go. We love each other. We fancy each other. This is the end. Yeah, like no. then it lasts forever. You've got to keep building it. You've got to keep. It's like a car. It you know what I mean? To make it drive, you've got to keep putting petrol in it. You've got to keep giving it gas. Exactly. Like, and it's exactly. like, it's quite a hard thing. Is it hard? There you go. Here's one. Be brave. Be careful how you answer. <laughs> <laughs> Is it hard dating someone in the same industry as you? And especially that you both have, I guess, the world looking like the dance world really looking on you as well because you're both very well established. Yeah. You know what? It's like, um, yeah, I tried doing dating like the non the non dancer route, and it just didn't really ever work. And yeah, it is it is hard. It is difficult. I had to like really because I was a very private person. Um, I had to just really just like let go and just like you know just kind of open up and just letting everybody know about the relationship. But it was the best decision you know mm -hmm. of my life for sure. Like and and it's 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 great. She we really keep dance as separate from us as possible you know we're we're not you know she's her own entity i'm my own entity and i've always am like i want when we come together for it to be special you yeah. know i don't want it to be like such a package deal because you know then it loses its special quality to it you know that's why like you know once in a while you know if we find a song that we both really really like you know we'll we'll create to it but we're also just very very different as artists as well we actually we thrive better is if she has something that she wants to do has it almost almost done like almost done and i help her polish it you know same vice versa mm -hmm. i have something it's almost done she helps me polish it and then it's like perfect yeah i i guess it's, it's dope because it's a powerful team because it's like obviously the masculine and the feminine side of things mm -hmm. so if you're like okay chicks take my class too well, give them a version of something <laughs> like yeah you know what I'm exactly when, if you're grabbing your crotch and being a dude they're like oh, I don't yeah know. exactly <laughs> what, exactly. what would you do <laughs> exactly oh i put on my like, delaney what would you do and i'm like yeah all the girls do that yeah. that's, that's great 
move to move to the right side of the room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's dope. What's been? Do you feel like uh, one of the most pinnacle moments of your career? What's one of those moments that stand out the most? Because you've had a very spectacular career. Like you mean, like you've worked with Christina Bieber, Prince. Like do you mean, like, yeah. it goes on. So to have a moment which stands out, I guess, is hard. Yeah, man, uh, dude. But I'll I'll always go back to this one when I actually met Prince in person. Yeah, dude, that was I was like. I don't get starstruck often. It was like when I met him, and then when Oprah came to the backstage of the Beaver concert, I was like, I was fucked up for like a couple of days. But, and, um, and I saw Wee Man in Australia. That was another starstruck. <laughs> sick. That's sick. <laughs> but that's more of like a personal victory. But yeah. definitely meeting Prince, man, and just doing that whole music video was such a, it was like the Twilight Zone because I, he never was on set he like but he was just instructing people through like walkie talkies they'd be like okay got it uh cj uh prince said he doesn't like those shoes so uh put the other pair on i'd be like uh, uh okay all right <laughs> okay <laughs> cool. he yeah, like likes then, a different loafer okay yeah and then what was super nuts was like i remember i was at like the um the fairfax uh um the trading post on fairfax and i get a call from minnesota and i was like I was telemarketers. I hang up, calls again. I'm like, hello? I'm like, hi, is this Carlos Salvador? I'm like, yes, it is. They're like, um, Prince would like for you to come to his, uh, his party, uh, his private uh, listening party at the Beverly Hotel. Midnight, please be sharp and uh, dress well. And I just hung up the phone. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Well, guess I'm going to go meet Prince. And just meeting him, dude, I was so awkward. I tried talking to him. I just like, I was hitting all the red, the red flags, all the red buttons. Like, it, it, I just could not. I was just, I was a mess, dude. So Fanboy. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember you guys rehearsing that. And I was, because I was rehearsing next door for an MJ tribute with all MJ's bands and Lavelle Smith. And you guys were with Michael at the same yeah. the Burbank. And I remember you guys rehearsing it. And I would, every time, we started earlier than you. And every time I'd hear you guys come in, I'd open the door and be like, is Prince there? And I'd never yeah. see him. And I'd be he like, never there, dude. I'd be like, never yo, there. this dude doesn't come to rehearsal. What the hell? <laughs> no, bro. That's next level. Yeah. I always remember trying to peep, like, oh, can I see him? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. That's a dope moment. If you have, what's like some of the hardest things about this career, do you think? Because we can talk about the greats all day. I mean, yeah, actually, man. for people to, get an insight into what our life really is because i feel like if you're not a dancer all you see is us the glitch meeting, and glamour meeting prince and oprah and justin bieber signing in on your instagram combo you don't see the the hardship or like the, the other side to shit yeah yeah it's uh man it's 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 hard to stay inspired it's it's hard even when you're on a you know a tour it, no matter how amazing the music is how fly the steps are doing that every single night before you for two months before you even do your first show it's like it's really hard to stay grateful and to stay inspired and to like keep that love you know rocking and special you know it's that, that that's definitely difficult there's always um another hard part is like i've been booked for Katy perry like three times and every single time the the job just falls through so there's just a lot of disappointment you know, mm -hmm. a lot of disappointment. There's, I know you can relate where you can, um, I've been in auditions where I was like, this job is mine. I did amazing. And then, you know, I don't hear back from it. So it's just 
one of the hardest parts is just like the even when you do make it to you know the top quote unquote wherever that is spot is in your mind there's still things that that will disappoint you you know there's still things that are just gonna be like ah oh, man mm -hmm. i really thought i was gonna get all the fulfillment you know doing this but i'm not at all you know and and, and that realization is like wow because you know you you focus all your energy to climb this mountain you know mm -hmm. to achieve this goal and then you get to the peak and it's just another cloudy day you know and you're just like oh shit, you know so then so then it forces you to discover what really makes you whole you know what what really means to you and what can really mean to help other people as well too you know what i'm saying because it's, it's all it's more it's never about you it's never about what you achieve it's about mm -hmm. what impact yeah it's, it's that's dope that you say that because for me all my uh dreams that i was dying to achieve were never what i thought they would be exactly they never left me with that fulfilled feeling and all the things that left me with fulfillment are normally the things that not millions of people are watching but i'm with, yeah i'm i'm in good company or i'm with great yeah. people or it's in mm -hmm. a something wonderful has happened that you never would have expected all those like uh things that i've strived for to perform in front of one hundred and fifty thousand people or whatever they never turn out the way i thought they would yeah definitely it yeah. doesn't leave me i don't leave there like obviously you get a high and you get a buzz yeah I, what i always find is actually the next day sucks because it's like oh yeah I didn't, what happens now yeah yeah man it's it's rough bro so yeah it's it's because i think we have this like and like you said people see this these glitz the glitz and the glamour but what comes with it is you know with every big great thing sparkling in the sun is an even bigger shadow you know yeah but people don't see that shadow often but it's it's crazy but you know man we won't have it any other way you know yeah man that's so dope uh some more questions for you bro you know people are dropping quizzes i'm just trying to read for the good ones i got uh, i got time for two more because i got a studio uh, session uh, a oh bit. you've got to cut you short bro <laughs> okay bro no no problem uh can't believe we've been talking for more than an hour man it's been yeah flies, bro. Right? flies right uh here you go uh what do you think about dancers that want to make it in the commercial industry going to college going to college first yeah i mean you you want do you want to answer answer that you you want to i mean it, well i mean i went to dance school and i think it's very beneficial because if you just learn I guess say you're just going and learning your hip hop foundations. That's going to be very beneficial. But if you want to work for the likes of a Brian Freeman, you need to be able to bust a triple or a double pirouette. You need to have yeah, some right. more basic technique. But if you mean yeah. within college, as in like going to learn economics, <laughs> like yeah. I don't, I don't know. It, it'll, yeah, it could right. benefit. It could benefit after your dance career, I guess. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. So let's finish this last one with my question. If you could give one piece of advice to a dancer who's on their way up, male or female, what would it be? Fuck, dude. Uh, discover what your superpower is and feed it. And oh, okay. Gross. Yeah. Yo, that's not what I was expecting. I like. All that. right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's the one. All I was right, waiting man. for like, do everything, try hard, like yeah. be present. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't skip leg day. <laughs> yes. Hell yes. 
Bro, this has been a pleasure. Bro, thank you, man. Thank, thank you. Thank you so For much. Real. Stay safe. And, uh, you I hope too, to man. See you soon, bro. Definitely. Hit me up whenever, brother. Yeah, for sure, bro. Thanks, man. Yeah, One love. You. Peace, man. Peace.